0: Welcome back to Prevention Nation,
1: where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. My name is Roy Lutz,
0: and I'm Shelby Russell.
1: Welcome back to Prevention Nation. Uh, I'm here with Shelby, and uh, we have a great guest. Uh, Shelby, do you want to inter- introduce our guest?
0: Sure, yeah. This is Amy Cornelius from the Sidewalk Soldiers. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I guess, What do you do? Yeah,
2: so I'm Amy, and I'm with an organization called Sidewalk Soldiers, and we cover um, a territory off 75 that runs from like Wapakoneta area all the way down to Middletown, go out to Springfield sometimes. Um, So we are an outreach, a community outreach and mentorship program and we also do a lot with uh, prevention. So uh, we really exist to kind of bring an awareness to sex trafficking in the area And we assist survivors um, along their journey of healing, but we also try to connect with folks that are currently trapped in trafficking. So we do online outreaches to escort websites. We do visits to hotels. Um, We do street outreach and that kind of thing. And just kind of plant seeds, let them know our cards. We bring hygiene bags um, and we have a phone line. So hopefully, if they decide to reach out for help, or after we've encountered them a few times, something then we will spark, you know, a desire to change, and they'll reach out. And so we're there when they do. Did Back
1: Pages close down? Is Back Pages closed, or is that still? It operating? did close
2: down. It got shut down, but like there, I mean, it's not going to stay down for long. So what they did was just move it to other forums. So now they operate under something called Two Backpage, and it's back the page. number two, and then Backpage, okay. um, and so. It made it when it first closed down, I think it got kind of rough on some of the the girls and guys that were being trafficked because their pimp is not just gonna let them not have money, right? They're right. expected yeah. to do something. It so I think it working. drove it back to the streets temporarily, the hotels, the truck stops, that kind of thing, until these other forums were yeah. up and going and established. So like what we see prominently now is a website called Skip the Games. There's two back page. Um Hot.com and uh, the erotic monkey. So, and then for men, it's Rent Men and Mint Boys. But yeah, Backpage was kind of like a one stop. It had different categories. So you could choose from a male, um, a female, a transgender, whatever like that person, that buyer's preference was, was all on the same website. And you could literally call them and order up. A girl or a guy faster than you could get Uber Eats or yeah. DoorDash.
1: Everybody's open to exploitation, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing we will automatically. So we try. So our online outreach um, involves like we'll post ads on some sites if we think like it's a high traffic. Um, so that just might be a generic picture of um, a, a girl or a silhouette and it just says need help, you know, get out. But a lot of what we do is send text messages. So they'll list contact information, a phone number, um, yeah. email on there, and we'll uh, reach out to them. But if we see somebody that looks like they're a minor, we do report that to the Montgomery County um, human trafficking and often? stuff. There's some that are, yeah. are very questionable. Um, and then another sick thing that we see is, um, like on USA Sex Guide, now that's a forum where buyers uh, will go on and comment on other things. And so they have a section that they actually call fetishes, which I call pedophilia, Mm -hmm. but there is a whole market for girls that look young. I mean, that's just signifying like they want somebody young. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are girls that were, you know, were younger. Even when I was being trafficked, I can remember another girl. Um, she was probably like 20, 21 at the time, very small built. Um, she, her body even looked prepubescent, right? But she would wear pigtails and go see these men. And how I can remember how disgusting it made her feel. Like, she would come back like, I wanted to punch him. I wanted to whatever. But she had a quota. She had to get that money. Um, so, yeah, you see all kinds of sick things.
1: Let's kind of backtrack. Let's what What is human trafficking? I mean, sex trafficking. How is it defined? I know we talked a little bit about it on our last podcast uh, with the awareness thing. But... What are we talking about? What's the definition? How do you define it? It
2: is any part of the sale of another human being where there's force, fraud, coercion. And then recently in June, we added um, addiction of somebody's being. So that's part of like it's even considered um, force now. So so any yeah. part where force, fraud, or coercion uh, contributes to another person being sold or exploited for somebody's financial gain. So it can be... Recruitment, it can be transfer of a person, Uh, anything that, like you said, it's almost like a product, like that brings Mm -hmm. that person to the market that connects the seller with the buyer. So um, that's kind of what shipping,
1: transport, I mean, all that kind of is part of the business.
2: Yeah. And it can all be defined as human trafficking. Now, human trafficking is a little harder to prosecute, I think, because there's so many gray areas. I'm so glad that they finally threw in in Ohio that addiction piece too into the equation so to prove forced fraud or coercion can be hard so it's usually prosecuted as something like promoting prostitution or something which is like a a state level charge Um, but also it can be hard to prosecute because even when these girls or guys are pulled away from their trafficker if they were groomed in any way i think it's a relationship right some of them are so loyal, and, and for years it's hard to break that thought process where that was boyfriend, no, that was trafficker, that was pimp. Um, but they have a fear, and they also have this stronghold with that person that they don't necessarily want to um, speak out and, and prosecute. So it's hard sometimes to get victims or survivors of human trafficking mm-hmm. to, to prosecute.
0: Yeah, and I've heard in all of the trainings I've had of human trafficking, you know, obviously you have the addiction piece and then maybe even children um, or uh, other, like you said, if they take your ID, if they take your documents or something like that, they always usually have something held over your head, whether you know it or not when it's happening. You talk in your outreach piece about the the, uh, survivors. And you know every all the demographics things like that. But what about the the demand? That's what I really like to learn about. Is how do we get the demand, the Johns, if you will? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we hold them accountable, or how do we uh, educate them on
2: how to stop this demand? So I think um, the prevention, the education, the awareness piece is huge because it really kind of gives them a picture, an idea of what's going on behind the scenes. A lot of times they're not what they call indies or individuals, they're actually being trafficked. Um, And even ladies or men that are out there um, prostituting on their own accord, right? At some point in time, they have went through something that brought them there, whether it was sexual abuse or trafficking in the past, but to really kind of put, um, you know, a face, a name, you know, give that person that they're going there to pay that product make them into a person. So I think talking about it's huge, but also holding them accountable. So in the past, we've seen that ladies and men um, who are picked up for prostitution, they're the ones that are going to court, they're the ones that are going to jail. And it's a slap on the wrist, get out the next day and pay a fine mm-hmm. um, for the buyers. And so um, we've seen different cities and, and Dayton specifically started the buyer's remorse program, but there's different cities that have um, John's registries Buyer's registries, Mm -hmm. so things that hold them accountable, that may deter them, Mm -hmm. because it's their money that is fueling what's going on. Like, it's their money that it is law of supply and demand. It's them that that keeps this going.
0: When you get someone out, what does that look like?
2: Or how how
0: long does it take? What are some challenges?
2: Just anything about that. So every story, like every case, is going to be its own individual unique thing because we see a lot of the times, and I'm talking like 80, 90% of the time, they have to be treated for a substance abuse disorder uh, before the healing from the trauma and stuff can even happen Mm -hmm. because it's that prevalent out there. Um, and, And, you know, that's kind of why we formed is because everybody was talking about those vulnerabilities, but nobody was talking about drug addiction because there's such a stigma that surrounds it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they looked at these survivors or these victims as less of a victim. Um, so really, the first thing we want to address when we when we get them out of the situation, out of the hotels, off the streets, is do they need help? Do they need detox? Mm. You know, because once they're- Which their drug body, is the most prevalent? Um, a lot of times, right now, it's meth or heroin. Before, it was crack for a long time, but you know, yeah. meth is Meth is pretty prevalent.
1: Do you also see, like, a, a, a intersection of mental health?
2: Yes. Okay. So, um, I was talking to Shelby earlier, too, about, like, some of the different... We know traffickers prey mm. on vulnerabilities. Correct. So, whatever that looks like. So, can we alleviate What those are some of the vulnerabilities? Um, so, it could be anything from... So, an immigrant that's in a different... Here in a different country doesn't speak the language well, doesn't have a lot of connection, isn't mm. familiar with, like the area or the geography, they're going to be vulnerable, right? So a runaway youth because they don't like mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, they don't have the means to do anything, right? And so they often get tricked into I'll give you a place to stay or Mm -hmm. come here, I'm going to help you um, thing. But mental health, yes, exactly. Because they're going to be looking for people that they can easily um, manipulate. manipulate. coerce. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so then with so, you have this intersection, mental health, substance abuse. How do you recognize, how do you identify these people? And, I mean, other than, like, back pages and stuff, I mean, do you actually go out on the streets and just approach people who are being actively trafficked?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, while we do it, like, how our street outreach goes is we will cruise the streets. So, the tracks in those areas, which we've identified through either law enforcement or other yeah. ladies we've helped um, because they're a source of... Of great information you know when they come out and they're comfortable to talk about it here's where this happened here's where that's happened oh you guys need to go here mm-hmm. um so between those we've identified like main for Dayton for instance is Main Street Xenia Avenue 3rd Street 5th Street West Riverview and so we'll literally mm-hmm. drive those um, areas in high impact times so commutes back and forth to work evenings.
1: High impact time. So a commute, like commute time. When's, what's a high impact time?
2: Uh, for us to encounter the most people on our outreach. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm sorry. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that's what that means. But um, so we see a lot of people out there on the commutes because if a man or woman leaves early and they're away from their husband or wife long enough. Um, so they leave early for work. I got to go in early today. They'll cruise the street, pick somebody up, do a quick stop at a hotel or an alley or wherever, mm-hmm. and uh, then head to work. So time are pimps and-
1: aware of this? I mean, are, yes. are pimps actively working? Like, I, Shelby and I come here, we try to do better at our job every day. Are pimps doing that as well, trying to learn the human psychology, trying to figure out oh, when it's are, best to market their product and all?
2: Yeah, yeah, they are experts at what they do, really. And um, it's funny you said that because he's, he called himself, to me, after I was already exploited, and he used to do things like after a beating or something, just really dehumanizing that happened. He loved to rub stuff in my face, and that's what he was like. I'm a street psychologist. I'm a this. I'm a that. You know, and he he studied that. So they recognize those vulnerabilities. They know, um, you know, what in his thing was my my traffickers thing was he wanted us by the crossroads. So up there were seventy and seventy five intersect. Because truckers come through. You've got Dayton Airport right there. So, the businessmen are coming out. They're staying in the hotels. And he said it is a prime location. You know, so, yeah, there's an aspect of marketing, of getting them out yeah. there. They call, uh, so another thing is rainy days for some reason. The the streets or traffickers, uh, hustlers, pimps will send girls out because they'll say, oh, it's damsel in distress day. And they think, mm. you know, the Johns are more likely to have... Compassion, or maybe give them an extra little bit of money, or see somebody walking and offer them a ride, and then they proposition. Mm. Wow. Then it's up to the girl to proposition the person, get the money, meet the quota, kind of thing. And it's just harder, like the street life. Um, and I had I knew girls that I felt sorry for when I was out there in my own mess, going through hell, like literally. Zombified, Like my mind was just, I did not have emotion. I detached from emotion at that time. But I can remember having compassion on a few girls that would come in um, that were on the streets, right? And so for whatever reason, so they had been used up and maybe caught a disease. And so they're discarded. Um, so they would go to the streets and it's so much harder because you're making less money, but you're expected to bring in this amount. So, so you have to work that much more, sleep on Sleeping in a sleeping on somebody's porch, wherever you fall asleep. And it was just dangerous because I remember girls waking up just being so down that somebody stole the shoes off their feet while they were sleeping. Or um, some of the, we used to give out purses, still do in some circumstances, but we're trying to move to bags mm-hmm. because those get stolen a lot more. And we ran into somebody was like, I lost your card, I lost your number because the purse got stolen. So if they're falling asleep in a bandos and somebody yeah. walks in and somebody's sleeping, they take all their stuff. It's just a rough life. Yeah. Well,
1: so, well, I have so many questions for you. One, when you say location, I mean, I know, I understand you're from Mason. This isn't happening in just Los Angeles, Las Vegas. I mean, you you are naming cities like that. I know all around here. Yeah. This is everywhere, right? It is. I mean, it's just it's everywhere.
2: The buyers are everywhere because I've done out calls at many locations. Um, a lot of the time it was in calls because at one point my car got taken. They'll part out your car. They'll do whatever. To make you totally, the traffickers will, to make you totally 100% dependent on them. And they yeah. call it ASS out, like ass out and totally dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at one point, it was strictly in calls. And that's another way that, too, that they can manipulate you is like, oh, you have to ask for $50 extra for a driver's fee if I'm taking you. And so, they're making $50 on top of the 250 mm-hmm. that they were already taken from you in the first place, you know. So, um, so we had these in-call locations, and if we thought we were getting detected, and by we, I mean, there wasn't just me. There was usually a couple doors down at the hotel. He had another girl here, another girl there, a guy down Do the here. pimps
1: usually stay there at the hotel while the while the prostitutes are there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so in my situation, my trafficker was just as much a drug dealer as he was a pimp, right? Because he had the supply. He made sure he did to keep us...
1: Mm-hmm. high
2: like he's like, mm-hmm. he single-handedly catalyzed my addiction like that's what brought me to him in the first place um and that that's how I got recruited was my addiction um and so a girl from Mason that well Kings is where I was from but a girl from Oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um but I always say Mason because nobody hears of Kings. They hear right. Kings Island yeah. or Mason, so I'm like, I'm by Mason. Yeah, most but people think Kings Island is Kings, in Mason,
1: not Kings. I
2: didn't right? know so, that yeah. it existed. I mean, I might have thought it existed in, like, Chicago right. or, like, but I thought it was really something that happened overseas, so I didn't know what to look for. And it the grooming process is so slow and subtle, and they put so much time and effort. Like, I could never pretend put the effort into to what he did to pretend to love me and like me and I really fell head over heels uh for this guy but um I'm getting off topic but so for me to not know to look for these red flags and then so about six months into it I started noticing things that weren't right like I felt like he would talk in code I felt like girls came around uh, a lot. And there was something off with the relationship. Yeah. And when I, and I would hear stuff, there was a couple girls that actually tried to warn me uh, and I got pulled over once. And an, a law officer up there, a sheriff, um, tried to warn me too. Like, what are you, we see you've been running with him, blah, blah, blah. And tried to warn me. And I would take this stuff back to him and he would feed me things like, Oh, you know, that's not true. Or, um, he would say things like one thing I never want to hear about is what he said. Or she said, or they're just out to um, tear us apart. Like, it's us Mm -hmm. against the world kind of thing. And I guess just because, number one, I was high, so I could be easily influenced, you know. But um, I wanted to believe that because at that point, I was so in love. Slowly, he has pulled me away from everybody and everything I know and love. You become isolated. Yeah, Yeah, I was isolated. Um, Not yet fearful of him because I hadn't yet been the violence hadn't yeah. approached but at that point I was really just like in denial or um just I didn't want to notice the red flags mm-hmm. even though in hindsight I can look back like oh, I probably should have picked up yeah. on that so um, unfortunately
0: that's usually how it goes with, yeah I mean trafficking or just abusive situations yeah